Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show, where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Be sure to check out some of our network mates, Keep Pound Den, the Roaring Riot Podcast, or it is what it is for even more great talk about your favorite team. And follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, and love us wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. Alongside of me, as always, Colin Hoggard, who was just over here pretending to type a second ago. I saw that. Was that for the that camera? Was, no, no. That was me getting ready to <laughs> type. That was me preparing to type. Okay. okay. On my fancy uh, device. Uh, try to use it. Uh, I'm, I'm an Apple person. Okay. I'll just put that out there. Okay. Um, but I tried to use an Android phone today. Bobby's an orange person. Just today. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> try to use an Android Only phone. Only if you have a blue moon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I've never felt older. Everything I, I I pulled up the camera about 700 times in the span of 30 minutes. I was inclined to just go find a young person <laughs> for the first time in my life. Just a question: What qualifies as a young person now to you? Uh, ooh. <laughs> well, it, it would get fired. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, probably some 20, a 25 year old would be a perfect. Person okay. for me to find. I'll say that. All right. Maybe just Stop. isolate that for a drop. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, and show also that to the wife. Uh, I hear you're a surpri- surprisingly huge fan of Christmas music. Oh, uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas is already playing in the Hoggard household. I love it. How many times does it just play nonstop? No, no, no. We're not that crazy. Um, <laughs> I was about to say we listen to Christmas music all the time in my house, but yeah. I, guess I won't say that. <laughs> No, you uh, can. It's fine. I love, Christmas but every music. evening, every evening, pretty much the uh, the the house is a. I don't know what, what I was going to say a blaze, but that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> the house is, that the would house. be a Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> um, I think, I think you may have some fire? sort of an exhaust problem at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we play it pretty much every evening. So that deck you built, it's just not a. Sustainable to fire, deck, I assume. It is very lonely <laughs> right now. <laughs> I wasn't made for the winter. <laughs> Mr. Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is. And he heard a rumor that I brought in four out-of-work co-hosts to, quote, work them out this week after uh, your performance before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I heard about that. And um, it was reported by Adam Kaplan, which I think is a little bit rude for you to the problem is not that you came that you had that you worked him out but you don't have to leak it you know you don't have to let other people know don't let me hear about it through the media just tell me in my defense it was supposed to be sources Mm. (laughs) just sources like yeah when espn has every headline as sources 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 it was supposed to be like that so more believable this uh or the hugh jackson could be the coach of the (laughs) Bengals story over the weekend <laughs> top two on my timeline which who do you think would be a better coach hugh jackson or condoleezza rice well it's gotta be oh, come on. i didn't even get any <laughs> nobody yeah. had anything to that well, everybody was just like pause no, who's i think gonna it's because hugh's that bad yeah that right. you're like yeah i think condoleezza right. could do a better job yeah. i mean i think probably you know keep uh their Did current you see kitchens today yeah, yeah he goes why is everyone mad at baker all he was doing was speaking the truth <laughs> i mean that's shots fired Freddy there kitchens ah, db the hands him the football after the interception and hugh acts like it was a compliment yeah like the dude doesn't know what is going on right now should maybe maybe skipper should be running things around around these parts yeah uh, you know, I, just maybe go to the running backs coach. Maybe that's the key. Man, I just do not follow the Browns. <laughs> follow the Browns formula. <laughs> <Only Yeah. laughs> that's the recipe I'm <laughs> suggesting. That's, Stick around. That's There's more so good Browns. advice. <laughs> so Browns. Well, in the voice that you hear that you hear on the one day contract this week, Bobby Rosinski co-hosts the wake up call on ESPN seven thirty the game, sideline reporter for Charlotte football and Gets confused for Walker Mail on the phone on a daily basis. Yeah, that was Josh that brought that up for the first time. And then I actually was talking to my neighbor who moved in not long ago, and he, and he found out who I was. Like, oh, yeah, I listen to you guys all the time. And he goes, at first I just thought your name was Bobby Walker. <laughs> and he didn't know because I actually always said, hey, Bobby Walker and Molly. Now I make sure I put Molly in the middle to know that it is three different people that are inside that studio. But, yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, but I do know it's now. But, hey, Walker's got a good voice, so well, I'm not going to complain People may it. think your middle name's Molly, though, if you keep doing That's that. True. <laughs> That's true. We, we try to spread it out a little bit there. Maybe I just need to slow down is the key when I say everyone's name there. But, no, it's it's a pleasure to be here. I kind of feel like week was this week 12, week 13. I'm like Lorenzo Doss. Yeah. Get called up late in the process here to help fill out and uh, see if we can get something going here down the stretch. No, it's like the we were. I, I was looking. There was somebody online had tweeted out like the fan graph of like how fans are feeling. And it's like, oh, week two, their feeling went down. And then week three, it went back up. And then it went back down when they lost. And it's like. You guys, come on. Like, yeah, obviously fans are going to be upset when you lose. And so what we need is we need somebody to break this streak 
this losing streak, so that's why we brought you in. I'll try. You're a heavy hitter. Right now, that fan graph is like you're being stuck on 77 and the toll <laughs> lane's being built. You're going nowhere. <laughs> you're just depressed, and you're waiting for the government to fix it, and you know that's not going to happen. Does the level of caller that you get just get, like, absolutely redonkulous when they lose, like, three – when they lose three well, straight, just – And I don't know where you guys fall on it, but, like, you know, the Ron Rivera hate just goes through the roof. That's where I feel like the most is people that criticize Norv Turner, which I get – Red zone play calling we can get into and sure. what they do at the end of the games. But overall, I mean, I don't, you can't blame the offense for anything that's going on here. Defensively, I'm more than willing to have that conversation. But it can definitely go over the top or, you know, you know, when Cam would struggle every now and then back in the years, hey, trade Cam Newton, can we get this guy? And we, You get those calls and it's just like, what is going on with people right now? But six and five, I can understand some panic. I know we talked to you earlier today on the show. You weren't panicked. I've hit the panic button. If I had the Staples easy button in front of me, I'd be hitting it. Uh, and you know, I saw the stat ESPN. If they lose this weekend at Tampa Bay, their playoff chances drop to like 10%. So, I mean, yeah. it's, this game is it's critical uh, for Carolina to get the win. No, it's it's crazy how important these games are. We're talking football so early in this game. My bad. In this my podcast. Bad. Yeah, I know. Bobby, come I on. Was, you're it's not turn off. My bad. I had a whole scooter thing I was going to bring up, <laughs> and we just went into you football, were, and you, I said, well – I guess this is not the week we're doing scooters. Do you ride sco- scooters around town? Uh, once, once. <laughs> Out of I'm had assuming a, bad. <laughs> it wasn't quite the Titanic, <laughs> but but there have been better maiden voyages. He's been on the IR about, ever since. I was thinking though that maybe maybe the escape line is actually that's actually what they that's actually a service like you're stuck on 77 and you're like. I'm just pulling over and I'm I'm gonna hop on this scooter. Just go I'm back get to out the, of here. Go back to the I'm, future. Hop yeah. on the back. Maybe Die Hard of the Vengeance. Call the ambulance and you can follow it up the yes. way to get out of there. That is a gr- actually shockingly good idea. Just have like have on the side of roads that are always tra- like Providence, like right down halfway down, right there at about Providence of Fairview. Just have a bunch of lime scooters and people are just like pull off into the parking lot, scoot it on home, come on back in the morning. That's right. Money-making idea. Absolutely. But we just rich. skipped over it to get football. Well, we, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> come on. Uh, no, let's, go, been, let's go back to the important things in the podcast. We start off the show with Nikki's super important question. All right. This is actually inspired by Josh Klein oh, no. on Twitter. Mm, the what, best oh. concert you've ever been to. Oh. Why I, are you so scared? I, no, I'm not. I'm, well, whenever you say inspired by Josh Klein, it could be anything. Um, I have already... Some of those things are beautiful. Yeah, most are beautiful, no matter what they say. Um, (laughs) Words can't bring me down. (laughs) And the thing that I will always say is that uh, I went to a concert when I was 21 years old. It was in 2003. It was Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds. It was at Appalachian State University, on the campus of Appalachian State University. And they played for about three hours and 15 minutes. And it was terrific. And that's all I'm going to say about it. I gave you a lot of context clues about why I enjoyed it so much, and it was the best. I haven't been to a ton, to be honest with you. Concerts have never been my thing, but like one of the first ones I went to, and I don't know why, and this was uh, after my freshman year, I think, of college. So it was up at Verizon or whatever they call it now or called it back then, but it was sticks. Oh, they had to change it because uh, cell phone service was so bad up there. They felt like they were living a lie. It's PNC now. Our PNC. So it was Verizon back then, but it was sticks and Bad Company were playing. I have no idea yes. why. But all I know is we weren't there. I didn't drive. Free tickets given out on the radio. Oh, it was was, was free tickets. There's no doubt about that. Uh, So we went there. Then I remember going to a UNCC party after that. It was a fun night. So I don't remember a ton about the concert, but I remember going to that. And actually being at App State, Black Eyed Peas, I saw at App State. Uh, My now wife, then girlfriend at the time, took me uh, to that concert. She was all mad at me because she's up dancing. We're sitting like third row wow Wow. fergie was there so i mean trust me it wasn't bad for me on that side of things but she's up there dancing i'm kind of just sitting there i'm like yeah it's not really my cup of tea so she still holds that against me of going to the black eyed peas and basically saying i ruined it for her that i and i i can't argue that i probably did but wasn't my thing to go but i still went you know tried to be the good boyfriend at the time and enjoy the concert kind of ruining this podcast for me right now just by telling you (laughs) you sat during that Black Eyed Peas concert. <laughs> I was just, like, can just right now, everyone picture Bobby, third row at a Black Eyed Peas concert. Just, Pick, just see, see what you're seeing right now. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Like, like <laughs> arms crossed. Yeah. Arms crossed. People having the time of their lives. They weren't selling booze in there, so I mean, there's nothing I could do that way. You're like you're tapping like, your toe. Like I've, 
I guess. I guess, yeah. I guess I could see why people like it, but Let's it's not it for me. Yeah, uh, not, not for me. Yeah, Let's get later. it ended, all right, you <laughs> is, guys? Is Fergalicious a good Fratern- thing? <laughs> or a, a fraternity house was right across the street. You know, there was a party going on back there. It was kind of like, all right, let's get out of here. He has the same stance at a literary reading of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> it was the night before Christmas. You're using press box etiquette at a Black Eyed Peas concert. No cheering at the concert. Except you didn't get free food. That was the That was the downside. Yeah. Uh, trombone Shorty at the Neighborhood Theater. Oh, that's a good show. That was a, it was a great show. I, I, I like this I, the smaller venues. I agree I, with I, you. you. Know, I, I think it, you, know, you, you go through the young phase, and you're like the big crowd and everything like that, and now it's like I want to go and I want to see that guy. I don't, I'm not interested in seeing the drunk guy from two sections <laughs> over that wants some attention. You know, I want to go see the, the musical act. That's fair. I actually just saw a concert a couple weeks ago, Dawes, at the Fillmore Underground, who is fantastic. Also there at the concert, friend of the podcast, Darren Gant was there as well. So that was a fun, uh, fun little interaction that we Noted had. Noted musical we were... tastemaker, Darren Gant. Exactly. <laughs> if I like the same things as Gant, life with <laughs> things are things are going up. <laughs> he also he at least had a styrofoam cup. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So. I go to a ton of country concerts, like probably 20 every year, but I'm not going to say anything country. I've seen Bruno Mars twice, and oh, if you've never seen him in concert, Bruno's great. go. He's never worth been, every penny for a concert ticket. All right. You dance the entire – you would not sit yeah. at a Bruno Mars uh, concert. Probably not. You get Bruno's playing, I will dance. I love some Bruno Mars. So he works – I think Walker played some today before the, during the show, and I was excited listening to some Bruno. He dances like- the whole time. He never <laughs> stops. It's amazing. I feel like I would love to pitch in. We should all like start a GoFundMe to buy Bobby a ticket to uh, Bruno Mars, and then we'll just take a video of you dancing to, <laughs> I don't know, look, like 24 Look for the uh, most awkward white dad in the crowd, <laughs> and uh, there I would be just sitting there, maybe standing up, kind of the swaying, you know, like a wedding dance, the first dance you have, you know, sure. the, the one, two, three, four. That yeah. would kind of be the moves I would have. Where you there. keep your feet firmly on the ground yes. but your hands are all over the place <laughs> that's right a lot those, of stuff happening up here I think those hoodlums might be smoking marijuana <laughs> cigarettes in their luxury box over there <laughs> all right now we can talk football yay <laughs> Boo. Boo. let's go yay. through our second best concert <laughs> mine was also another dave matthews concert i feel like your top 10 are all dave matthews that's concerts. like top three are mostly dave matthews concerts i did see a very nice better than ezra show as well so that's going to be up what there year too. was that what do you do in your life i'm i i was raised in the Express 90s and i did, did never i never wasn't grew that in sync or something you went to not long ago no i only just, just like i just like in sync Better than Backstreet Boys. I saw New Kids on the Block as a child and as an adult, Whoa. and I was just as excited both <laughs> times. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was pretty amazing. My New first kids. concert was Hammer. All right, so football. Amazing. Mine All was right. supposed to be Debbie Gibson. Didn't Whoa. happen. We'll oh, talk about it later. Out of the blue. Dream <laughs> come electric. true. I was going to be an electric youth that night. <laughs> I don't know any other WC songs. <laughs> I had that cassette tape. Let's be honest. We just went deeper than 99.9% of the conversation. I feel like everybody, this is, I feel like we say this. Right now I'm just sitting at the concert. Yeah. It all goes over my head. Yeah. This is, we say this at 13 minutes every single time, but like every, nobody's listening anymore. Like they all like, they all try. They're all like, this is the week you guys. I'm going to check in one day contract. I love Bobby Rosinski. It's going to be a good one. And then it's like, Dave Matthews. <laughs> Click over to pardon my take. <laughs> Well, we tricked them, though, because Bobby started talking about football <laughs> really it. early. Yeah. So we got an extra one minute of listen. It was kind of like uh, the Panthers-Lions. You go down the field, score early, and then we just do nothing for three quarters, and then we show up again there late. The fan Ouch. graph was looking good through those first four minutes. <laughs> well, let's take a look back. I hate to look back, but let's book, look back at Seattle. Let's first look at Corn Elder and Captain and what happened on the outside in that game. I thought it was really interesting today that – Ron Rivera said, um, he said that he felt like he they need to give Captain and Corn more reps at outside corner in practice so that they're a little bit more prepared. Now that was a little bit that rang some alarm bells for me that they were not prepared to go out there. So when Dante got hurt, it was just like, well, here's the first one. Shit, what are we gonna do here? Let's move Captain to outside and Corn on inside, and then when when they would bring out a third bat when they would bring in corn, they would have corn on the outside, put captain back in the inside. It was just, I don't know. just seemed like they weren't ready for that injury. And, um, especially, I mean, when it happens on the first play of the game, that's not good. How, 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 how do you not have a plan? 
How, 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 how. I think that's you, a meme right there. Do you not have – we're, we're talking about a, a rookie cornerback who is sl- a slight, who has been – who has, has gotten dinged up at times already this, this season. How, how – and this is, a, this is supposed to be a team that started the season talking about the Super Bowl and is not prepared for a cornerback to go down at some point. Well, I and think then, the, for the plan was, of course, Ross Cockrell, and then he gets hurt in training camp. And you look here at Corn Elder, and Captain Munnerlyn, you know, Captain Munnerlyn 2.0 was never what Captain Munnerlyn was 1.0 for this football team. And, you know, they can throw him out there. I think it just, for captain-wise, I just think it comes down to talent. Like, he's just not what he used to be. Corn Elder, I think a guy we were all excited about, especially last year, but he got hurt, never saw him. And then this year, I kind of forgot he was on the team until this past Sunday, and then he's thrown out there. And, you know, the touchdown pass that tied the game, like, wasn't that bad coverage. And that's where Ron talked about teaching, hey, I got to make sure he turns yeah. around, turns his head around. I mean, he was right there. That was a perfect throw by Russell. It was a great catch by Moore uh, in the end zone uh, for the Seahawks. So, Corn's one that I think, yeah, more reps and getting them in practice would be – is a good thing to do. But I remember tweeting it right when Dante went out, and you go, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Like, you knew that was going to be – and I was surprised the Seahawks didn't attack that more it was almost like they were just kind of waiting like I don't want to abuse this early on we'll we'll give it some time and then eventually when they needed to they made the play to tie the game and then the play that basically won the game of getting behind Captain Munderland out there and it just goes down to we were talking about the other day I mean who are you gonna get you know they got Eric Reed in the safety to help kind of fix that part but corner you know Bashad Breeland was the first answer in March and then that failed physical happens and I think he's on what the Packers right now I don't yep. know if he's having a huge impact uh, to be honest with you. So once Cockrell suffered that injury, it was kind of the guys on this football team, and unfortunately it, it's hard to bank on them. And Dante's been so good. Like, I've been thoroughly impressed with Dante Jackson. James, it's been up and down, but at least you feel like with James and Dante, I mean, that's a good one-two punch that I think you can win a lot of football games with. Yeah, and he's had he's had great – speaking of Bradbury, he's had great receivers make some great plays too. Absolutely. You know, against him. So well, Detroit, that was a heck of a catch, and, that guy. Yeah, and, and that yeah. He may have been the most impressive wide receiver, like you know, and maybe there's a little recency bias, but he was absolutely as much of a beast. Uh, Galladay, yeah, mm-hmm. um, celebrate, yeah. <laughs> um, but but Bradbury's had guys have made plays, and guys are going to make plays the way the way the rules are set up right now. Anyways, um, but th- that Dante or but Cornelder and Captain Marlin have both been nickel corner, nickel corner, nickel corner, nickel corner the whole time. And it, it just it is a level of unpreparedness that I, I think is, is inexcusable. And I actually hadn't thought about this until you just you just replayed the uh, um, you know the, the scenario. Russell Wilson did this to them before, where he went down the sideline. I, I forget how the play went. They, they ran a deep route. They threw to the deep route, but there was a hold. But then they swapped receivers, and the, but the same Panther corner was going to run at the same deep route, and they toasted him the second time. Like, it, w- Russell Wilson is – the reason people like – you know, people like – he is a smart quarterback, and I oh, do yeah. absolutely believe that they kept that ace in the hole of we're going to – we can we can attack this when we want to. We're going to attack this when we need it. Eric Reed said it yesterday in the locker room, said, you know, when you only have three corners healthy and you have five wide receivers – when that wide receiver runs a go route, they run 60 yards down the field. You're a corner. You run right step to, for step with them. And then the wide receiver runs over to the sidelines. And now here comes a brand-new fresh guy. And you have to just run back to the huddle and do it again. Like, that. that's not an easy ask, obviously. I'm not saying that, that – I'm not making excuses for these guys. But it's like when, you're, when, that's, your, when that's your roster makeup, it's, it's tough. I mean, and but – I feel like I've come back the other way because when it first happened, I was like, they've been playing with fire all year with four four active corners, and it just came back right now to bite them. This is what happens when you only have four active corners. But at the same time, you know, they're, they're, you have to make these sacrifices at somewhere. That's why they have 47 guys active as the rule. So you can oh, – I'm sorry, 46 guys. Uh, so, so you have to make these. It makes it harder. So you can't – so if you have six offensive linemen healthy or – active, which they have done in the past, one guy gets hurt, and then you're down to nothing. And then it's like, well, crap, I guess we'll have KK Short playing guard. But it's uh, – I don't uh, – it, it's 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 a crappy situation that they got put in with Corn and Captain, and I think now that he ha- obviously has this Bruce quad, I think they're going to carry five corners, and it's not going to happen necessarily. But it's still – if it's not going to be Corn, it's going to be Lorenzo Doss, who's been on the practice squad all year. It's not like – 
uh, Namdi Asamoah was sitting on the practice squad, he's now the guy that they're going to bring in. It's always going to be a backup, and it's always going to be somebody that they're, the other team's going to pick on. That's it. Nobody else. <laughs> I just won the whole argument. Oh, I, I, I didn't think you won the argument, but if you we just wanna, went last, we wanna, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, did, you did go last with it here. But I mean, I agree with you in an aspect. Like, I don't know what else they're really going to do because it is, you know, yeah. damned if you do, damned if you don't at certain areas. And you get the worst thing. Dante Jackson, first play of the game, makes the best play a defensive back made in the game. You know, he's coming up, hitting Carson, making a good play. And you see him kind of get up and celebrate, and then it's all of a sudden, you know, the camera cuts away. They come back, and you see Dante Jackson there on the ground. It was hugely unfortunate here. So Lorenzo Doss, who I actually liked in the preseason, sure. personally, I thought he made some plays. I was surprised when he didn't actually make the team, and the Panthers had the, the corner situation here we're talking about. But it, it's tough. I'm just glad Dante, you know, seems like things are going in the right direction, and hopefully he's going to be out there on Sunday because you talk about Tampa Bay with everything that they got on the passing attack and the best passing offense in the National Football League. I know you didn't want to hit the panic button, but if Dante's not out there on oh, Sunday, yeah. well, then I'll be right I'm scared to death yeah. uh, for the Carolina Panthers. But Cornelder is still a guy that I do believe in, and I think with more reps can get out and get better and in practice. I mean, that should be something that's happening. So for Ron to come out and basically say, hey, we, we haven't done a good enough job of that, I mean – that is a mistake. Obviously, for Dante's a rookie. I mean, you got to keep giving them reps yeah, to course. get better and better. We all understand that. But you do have your second teamers that need more opportunity to be out there and uh, be successful. I'm just more worried, you know, with Captain has concerned me all year long. And even last year for Captain, I, I like the attitude he had this year. Because last year, you know, he moped around. Cam was Mr. Mopeyhead a few years ago. Captain was kind of that guy last year. What was it, the Saints or game early in the year when I think he only played eight snaps and he was burned early in one play and he kind of made a complaint about it. Hey, I'm not out there enough. Well, there's a reason you're yeah. not out there enough. And for this season, I remember there was one game I thought he played really well. I don't remember which game that was, maybe Giants or Bucks a few weeks ago. But, you know, this game just kind of showed where they are in that secondary. You have your top four. You're fine with Bradbury, Dante, Eric Reed, and I know Mike Adams, father time, probably catching up to him, and hopefully Denoris Searcy will come back and can at least be a you know reserve guy to spell Adams every now and then. You feel good about it, but in that life in the NFL, you know, you suffer an injury. It's kind of do you have the next man up to make some plays? And we see it with the Falcons, what derailed their season with injuries across the board for Carolina. Too. Yeah, Philadelphia yep. wiped out from it. Uh, Jacksonville just stinks. But, you know, you, you look uh, at Carolina, <laughs> no it's, it's the injury front, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's not like it's the top issue for this team, though. To me, it starts up front with yep. the four linemen that are rushing the quarterback because if you rush the quarterback – I've seen worse secondaries than what the Panthers have right now, and they've been okay, but that's because they found a way to get after the quarterback. Probably seen worse secondaries in a Panthers uniform than than these four oh, that play. no doubt about it. So I, I think it, it's it, – to me, it's the defense as a whole – that is not getting the. I mean, I it, sometimes it's the pass rush, sometimes it's secondary, sometimes it's the linebackers missing tackles. It's like all every every week there's something new, but it's never the same issue. It's never like I mean, it's kind of the same issue because they can't really get any. Push no, there's up front different games like four. Shaq Thompson. I thought played well this weekend. Yeah, I hadn't seen Shaq for a few weeks. It felt yeah. like you know Pittsburgh. Everyone was bad. You can just throw that out the window. Sure. But you yeah. know it was a game where you rush two guys and you say there's miscommunication. Like I rush the quarterback. I don't think that's brain surgery when we're talking about what you're doing there as a defense. And you know it's weird to say, but even Luke this year has not looked like Luke Keekley has in the past. I think he's been a little bit off than he was. Now he seemed to show a lot more fire this past weekend against Seattle, flying around. And TD's been fine, but. Just across the board, the defense has looked a step slow, and then you get exposed by Russell Wilson this past weekend. Yeah, I don't, th I don't think they were very good at the end of last year either. And you're, and well, you're the one that I think that brought it up to me, and I remember it was what the last eight games last season it was like the worst secondary in the National Football by League. by a walk. They were like they had, they were allowing like sixty yards more passing than anyone else in the league for the past eight for the last eight weeks, and it's like this is an older defense. They're trying their best to get younger, but. And that's why I don't know where I feel with Eric Washington because I'm like, you know, Steve Wilkes, did he kind of like Jimbo Fisher it, you know, get the hell out of Dodge before, you know, right. it really hit the fan like it did at Florida State this season. And Wilkes obviously hadn't gone well for him at Arizona uh, with their season here. But Eric Washington, I wonder how much is right. Is it his scheme? Is it what he's doing? Or is it just the talent that this football team has on the field right now? Can this be fixed, or is this all going to be up to the offense now? Like, are we going to have to score 62 points a game? You're 11 games into the season. <laughs> I, I don't see how you fix anything right now, and it goes down to that defensive line 
of trying to get after the quarterback. You know, Peppers is, what, 38? I think for Julius, he's given everything that you can personally ask for a 38-year-old defensive end. I have no complaints of what Julius has done this year for this football team. But Don Terry Poe was a signing. I know I loved when it happened. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but you haven't seen him really make any plays. I mean, Kyle Love's probably been the second-best defensive tackle on this team, Vernon Butler, after the few personal fouls he picked up a few weeks. I don't know if he's still even over at Bank of America Stadium uh, with this team. And then, you know, Mario had the three-sack game. Was that Tampa Bay? I think he might have had that. But that was a lot of blitzing I thought they brought in that game. So you're just you're not getting anything out of the defensive line. So we talk about fixing this defense. I don't see how it happens because unless you're getting after these quarterbacks and also the new NFL, I mean, you look at everybody, you know, 2.1 seconds, the ball's getting out of these quarterbacks' hands. They're making these quick throws, and it puts the pressure on the defensive backs in that area. To me, defense now, and Rams-Chiefs I thought was a perfect example of it. All right, 54-51, but there were a lot of big plays made by the defenses in that game, Mm -hmm. and the Rams, you know, defensive touchdowns for both sides. So we look at a football team that's, not forcing any turnovers right now. Two takeaways on the road. That's tied for last in the NFL. Only one and four on the road. Not hard to figure out. The problem here for Carolina is they're just not making anything happen. I mean, you got an offense, and Nikki to me is great, honestly. I mean, they're putting up points, but give them short field position. They don't do that right now. So if you could just force some turnovers, you can even give up some yards, give up some points. If you would have forced Russell Wilson into you know one turnover, uh, maybe that would have helped Carolina actually walk out of there with a win. Yep. I I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more about the turnovers and and the most important part of this is that all of those guys on the the front four that you're talking about are veterans on veteran contracts. I mean that's a that's a significant portion of your your salary cap that is going to an area that is not delivering the product that you expect if you're going to be paying all four of them veteran contracts. Well, then it comes down to depth, too, is the, the backups. You know, you always yeah. look at the rotation. So, like, you know, I got you guys at Al Wallace in here. We kind of look the same when it comes to our yeah, biceps. I know it's, a, it's about the same there. But that Panther team in 03, I mean, you had him. Uh, Shane Burton was the backup defensive tackle. You had guys that you would rotate through. Molly gets mad at me when I say this, but, like, F.A. Obata, I go, that's just Ryan Dallaire. 2.0, you know, Ryan Dallaire had that one good game, I think, against the Bucks a couple of years ago and then never heard from him again. And for F.A. Obata, it's a guy that's disappeared. Uh, Wes Horton, I like Wes. I mean, I think he's a serviceable player, but he was more of the run-stuffer type. So you're not even getting those reserves out there right now. So it's like I need Peppers to play a lot of snaps, and obviously that's not what he can do at 38 years old. So it's just across the board right now. The Panthers not getting any production that they need from that defensive line. Yeah, if your name is not Julius or Mario, um, you have not had a sack on the defensive line except for uh, since week one. Except if you're F.A. Abata. Which is so, crazy. It's yeah, crazy. that's crazy. That's not – I mean, we're at week 11. No, we're at week 13. That's it, insane. I mean, that's that's almost, what, almost $30 million, the two defensive tackles. Oh. Making it painful. And look, I I don't like I like the post signing. I thought everybody like, oh, you steal a guy from a division rival, you bring him over here, and I mean watching Seattle, there was one of the early runs that Carson had. You see Poe just shoved completely out of the way by the Seahawks offensive line. So you're getting nothing up front here in the in the run defense, like wasn't awful against Seattle. I don't think it was awful against Detroit, but you're just seeing chunk runs that I'd never saw before. There was one stretch that first year when Smitty went to Baltimore mm-hmm. where there was like four or five games. Remember they got gashed. Pittsburgh was here one night and destroyed Carolina on the ground. But other than that, I've never really seen, at least under Ron Rivera, the, the Panther run defense been as poor as it's been this season, at least as far as the chunk runs. And if, you know, is it on Williams, the Lions running back, doesn't get hurt in the third quarter, he's probably going over for 100 yards in that game. Let's talk about NFL transactions <laughs> right now. Just to shift gears for a well, second here. No, it, Colin wants to say something. Go. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> we, I, I was just gonna say we're not actually gonna shift gears because I think all of these conversations come from the from or contribute to the same uh, come from the same problem, uh, the same origin, if you will. I just happened to be looking at the at, at the number of NFL transactions. I was kind of curious, and the Panthers. Have and this is this is a couple days ago. I think they're actually up to thirty now. Yeah. But they were at twenty-seven transactions for the season, and and basically they had re- replaced Daryl Williams. They activated TD. Um, who's uh who's the other injury they had? Oh shoot. Um, Searcy. Searcy. Yeah. And then they, and then you know so the Reed 
And then and the CJ Anderson. The, every time that like, they do one of those, it's what, like three transactions, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, but basically it was like injury, replace, injury, replace, injury, replace, you know, kind of, uh, you know, work. And, like, they brought in a couple different guys. But but basically, they're not looking to, to turn over their rosters is what it looks like. Um, it, last year they had about 70 transactions. The Panthers, 27 transactions. I think this a couple days ago. They actually have gone up a little bit here. But basically half the league has m- more than double – the number of transactions and there's just there's this this churn that happens at the end of at the end of rosters and Josh and I were kind of trying to suss out what you know what is going on or what's not going on because the Panthers last year it was they had 27 transactions at the beginning of October and what I think they've gotten themselves locked into is we talked about these veteran guys but they've also got at the back end of their roster they've got these guys that they're invested in and you know like and so we were arguing last week about Shaq can't get on the field, but then you look at the linebacker depth on this team, and they've got seven linebackers. Well, if you can't get one of your three best linebackers on the field, and I understand special teams, that kind of stuff, but that's not as, it's not as important or not as significant. What I think has happened is they've got a bunch of guys at these positions, and, and, and they've tried to create this depth uh, you know, with the offensive line because they're not sure about the offensive line. But what has happened is they've got a bunch of guys that aren't actually contributing on Sunday. And – but they feel invested in them. So you've got these really kind of deep, you know, and I, I like these guys. You know, I like when they brought in the Marcus Haynes, you know, Andre Smith I, and Jermaine Carter. I, I was intrigued by these guys. But I think the league is speeding up so much in terms of transactions and what teams are willing to do that you can't – you now need to get – when you look at the draft, you need to say, I'm going to get four – I'm going to get a guy for four years. Who can contribute? Who am I interested in getting to contribute at a rookie deal for four years? Not who's going to be the best player in three years, in four years. Because now you're kind of investing in these guys, but right now they really aren't giving you that much. And I think that's what happens when you see all of a sudden Dante Jackson gets hurt and you don't have a backup corner that, that you expect to be able to play on the outside. Because nobody expected Cornell or Captain Munderland to go out there and be successful. But they have invested too much. They've got these veterans that they're invested in that they're not getting a lot out of in the defensive line. But you're not going to cut those, those types of guys. But these back-end guys where you've got the depth at the, the offensive line where you, and then the depth at linebacker, I think they have just gotten themselves to a roster where they have a lot of dead weight on Sundays. I just wonder, though, when you talk about the amount of transactions, so, like, what are the other teams? How many injuries are they dealing with here? Because we talked about the Panther injuries here. They haven't really been destroyed by injuries here. I mean, Well, not during the season. Yeah, before they, the season. Before the year. Yeah, yeah. before the year they got destroyed. It was the opposite of the Falcons. You know, yeah. the, the Falcons were the healthiest team, I think, in the NFL going to week one against Philadelphia and then suffered two major injuries and derailed them. Panthers, yeah, all in Spartanburg. That's why they'll never go back to Spartanburg. Had all those injuries uh, there <laughs> in Spartanburg, and uh, they were fine after that. So when you look to me at the roster, all right, you got those young guys. Well, is it worth it to cut a, a Marquise Haynes to bring on just some other – other end player like I bet you go to New England I bet there's roster turnover all the time but are really talking about anybody that's actually having an impact on the New England Patriots I mean I know they trade well, for Josh Gordon who's having some here but I don't think that I don't think New England is the example that you want to use because you can look at their roster and it's dotted with guys that have been street free agents and no names that you've, you've not but I don't know but in. during the middle of the season though of guys that they're well, picking up I get in the offseason yeah, well, Bill I mean, Belichick gra- grab some guys I yes I do yes it does and I think because you're you're seeing these guys the, the training camps are so short now and and you're just you don't they don't have a chance to see guys anymore. I think this I think the churn at the back end of the roster to try and find, you know sift for those for those diamonds in the rough to find those guys that uh, you know you think can be a part of the program. I think is something that you're seeing now. I mean, in, uh, the Colts lead the league at 105 transactions, and and you have Arizona 77. Detroit 64, New Orleans 60, Giants 59. You know, the Panthers down there at 27. Only ahead of uh, Chicago and Pittsburgh, who have 18 and 6. And again, this is a couple days ago. But there is a roster churn that absolutely happens. And I think, in, in, in I, I do think that they've got a lot of guys that they aren't able to that they aren't able to depend on right now. And I think that's really hard when you're trying to win a Super Bowl. And I think that uh, trying to have it both ways is maybe what cost them on Sunday in terms of, you know, not having somebody on the roster to fill that position. It is interesting that you say, because we keep saying that this roster is, like, built to win right now. Built to win right now, 2018, Super Bowl or bust, three guys are going to retire at the end of this year, but yet 
we got to rotate through Marquis Haynes, Brian Cox, and F.A. Abada at the fourth defensive end position because we have to see what they're going to do. And could that could that spot be better served by a defensive end that you know maybe can make an impact for 20% of the plays instead of seeing how Marquise Haynes can play on turf? Maybe. Could could a could could the slot that is being occupied by Ben Jacobs for him to play 18 special team snaps and don't get me wrong, he serves a purpose and special teams is incredibly important, but could maybe that be better served by somebody that might be able to make that might not leave you in the position that you're in with corn and captain, maybe, but at the same time, like how do you, you just don't know where you're going to need that depth because if I'll tell you this, if Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis both tear their ACLs on Sunday, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> Yeah, that right. was Josh Klein. Josh Klein rules. If they do both of those Ooh. things and you have and you don't have three linebackers up to come in, then you got KK Short playing linebacker, and you don't right. want that either. No, I mean you got KK all over the place. Man. Yeah, playing well, he's multifaceted, multi-talented. Uh, Problem man with could the, do anything. No, he can't do anything. Just sack the quarterback would be something that <laughs> yeah. would be really nice uh, if he could do that right now. But you know, as, as Colin, as you bring up, I mean, you talk about Chicago, Pittsburgh. I mean, those are two teams everyone would love to be that don't have that many transactions going on here. I get the the depth and the players and a Marquise Haynes or Jermaine Carter, the Andre Smith, who I think a lot of us were high on when they're drafted and. You know, it's, it's the draft, man. It's so hit or miss. And for Carolina, the fact that you have two guys that you drafted that are studs right off the bat to me and DJ Moore and uh, Dante Jackson, like, I'll take that. Uh, that's why – and that can go back more to Gettleman, who had no problem trading all his draft picks, yeah. and you were using four or five picks a year was all you had. Now, this year you had eight. Maybe none of these guys pan out. Rashawn Golden was probably the biggest question mark when he was selected in the third round. I know a lot of people – didn't love, and he's not really providing a whole lot. And that's why he had to go out and get Eric Reed uh, once Denora Cersei was going to be out for an extended period of time. I understand the point. I just I don't know if that would change a whole lot for me in what's going on here. But, you know, new blood, oh. would, would it help the defensive line if you had some other dude at least to give him a chance? Because, yeah, it's hard to sit here and think Jermaine Carter, Marquise Haynes so far – I haven't seen your name. And this is not how they have acted in the past. Again, they, 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 they had this number of transactions a month and a half earlier last year. So uh, I just, you know, you mentioned Ben Jacobs, but can you have Ben Jacobs, David Mayo, Jermaine Carter, and Andre Smith on your roster? Like, can you, can you do that? They do. Right? <laughs> yeah. They can. Yeah. They can. Yeah. <laughs> the can. answer is. <laughs> they just is. Yeah. They just, yeah. No, they I, I get that. And, and that's the special teams aspect that I know we, we don't, most people don't focus on and watch it here. And well, the Carolina special team's been, no, no. The NFL is trying to make us not pay attention to the special team. No, that is true. And I'm actually fine with that personally. Yeah. You can put the ball, I don't even need kickoffs anymore. Just put the ball at the 25 yard line. And I'll be fine uh, moving forward with that uh, for the Carolina Panthers. But you look at this team, you know, the punt game has been really good with Pilardi. And I don't know how much Ben Jacobs and those guys play a role in that. The kickoff game so far been fairly uh, non-existent in the punt return game. Uh, not been adding a whole lot for Carolina either. Well, I, I just think that they've gotten themselves where they've got a lot of vets. And now they've got a, a lot of guys that are trying to invest in long term. And the result is a, an inflexibility that you don't normally see. And I think one that does, does hurt you or can hurt you. Um, as it stands. And you mentioned you don't know where these injuries are going to come. How could you possibly know? Well, a little back end of the roster churn may be one of those ways where you could say, hey, if we, needed a, if we need this guy, we, we think we – you know, I'm just saying it, they're not acting like most NFL teams are right now. You know who usually doesn't act like <laughs> – uh, it's so terrible at segways. <laughs> <laughs> just like I tried my best to get it out, get get on, but I didn't get there. I, I want to see where you were going with it, though. You know who doesn't usually act like a normal NFL player? Cam Newton. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, good. We, we'll good, be not back great. After this. Yeah. You, you won't <laughs> believe the tuned. takes right after this. Stay tuned. After the break, I'm going to tell you one player that you would never expect <laughs> to play. Like another NFL player. Let me tell you who's playing the best football of his career. Just ask him. And you'll him. never guess who agrees. I'm so glad I made you continue your thoughts on that. So, yeah, let's talk Cam. He's saying he's playing the best football of his career. Colin has a lot of feelings and thoughts, I think. Well, on there, uh, this week I wrote about the fact that Cam has been very good. However, he's not been great um, at the times when you need a franchise quarterback to be great. Uh, I could go 
completely hot takeish here and say how how why do you end up saying this uh, when your team has a three game losing streak? Um, it feels like the it, it could be the whole. Don't look at me. Look at the other guys. But that's not what Cam. I don't think that's what Cam's doing here. I don't think he's wrong. I think he answered the question honestly, um, except for the fact that this they he and Ron Vera, he has been great in the final two minutes of halves for the last five years, and he's not been this year. And that's when you need a franchise quarterback the most. And, and I'm not saying he's not doing his fair share. I'm not saying he has he, he has been better than you know. We just got done talking about all the defensive line. He has been exceptional, but there's a reason you get the high. You're, you're the highest paid guy, and there's it's a quarterback league. How can you say this after you just had the ball in your hand with a wide open receiver to win a game a week ago, and you're telling me this is the best you've ever played? I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't, yes on the whole, but not on not not on the way you grade franchise quarterbacks no well it's hard when you judge it because we're going to talk best cam you're going to go to 2015 you go to mvp cam of what he had this season now i go number wise it's hard to look at cam right now and the way he's playing completion percentage he hasn't had a game under 60 i think uh, it was the giants game or some game early in the year that's the only one he's been at 60 everything else has been above the last uh, three games he is uh, through the roof last five games 75.3 percent uh, for the season 69.6 uh the, the only issue i've seen during the three-game losing streak is the mistakes that we didn't see early on in the year. You know, Pittsburgh, he just throws the ball up in the air and it's picked off early in the first quarter of that game. Now, he didn't lose the game because of that, but, I mean, it didn't help the cause. Detroit, he kind of threw one up in the air that was picked off by the safety. Now, the defense made the play. And then this past week, it was the worst worst decision he's made all year, to be honest. You have a first down at the 18-yard line and you throw into basically triple coverage. Why man hurts? I can talk to Norv about that. Why man hurts is running that route. I have no idea <laughs> okay. of what was going Dude. on. I have, an answer. Answer. I have an answer. I have an answer. I have an answer. <laughs> all I have right. an answer. First of all, man hurts hive. Second of all, uh, the thing is, the reason that he's running that route is because when man hurts is on the field, that's a run play. That's a run formation. So the defense is like, oh, it's a run. So then he goes down the field, and the idea, I would assume, I don't know what the play call is. I'm not in Norf's head. I've not asked about this play specifically. But my assumption is that Cam looks at that and says, this line, there's no way that that safety is going to go with Chris Manhurts because well, they're going to go with Olsen. And he did. And, I, and the, even, all right, so you see, I, and I explanation's fine. Throw it through the back of the end zone. Yeah, no, it's not. Hey, do 80 different things than what he did on that throw. And I believe Seattle went 80 yards the other way right after that for a touchdown against the Panthers. Yeah, and that was the the score that was going to put you up two scores, which is what this team tries to do. I mean, they're not alone. They try to do so they can impact, you know, the the offense so they can get a pass rush because when you have a two-score lead, it's easier to get a pass rush. Yeah. but uh, it, it, that is the most. That was the critical juncture of the game to me. You know, like that that throw right there. Because instead of instead of going up two scores, now you're chasing at once you get the ball. But back. overall, his play. I mean, the, right. the, You look at Christian right. McCaffrey. Because last year there was a lot of times Christian McCaffrey would cut across the middle. He either wouldn't see him, he wouldn't throw it to him, or he'd miss him. To be yeah. honest with you, of throwing it to him. And this cool. year, I mean, that is working a lot better for this football team. I think overall, you know, if you don't have the funches drops, his completion percentage is probably over seventy percent uh, for the season. So. I get that, you know, the, the running aspect of Cam. The only thing I miss running from him, and we did see it against Seattle, I think the opening drive of the third quarter where he scrambled and actually took off and run. You don't yeah. see that anymore, which is a little bit surprising to me. Maybe that's more of just the mental, hey, check it down to Christian, dump it off, and, you know, take whatever yards there. But that was thought what made, you know, Cam special. So, you know, overall, stat-wise, yardage-wise, like I don't have a complaint of Cam. I mean, we're nitpicking the interception series. The one this past week was was frustrating but, to well, me for Cam. But it's not like we're not saying he's playing games. the best football of his, his life. Well, you have to – even, even <laughs> the MVP just, the year, We though. just went through three games. Boom, boom, boom. We're massive swings right, the, the on big, inter, The on biggest game in Panther history of 2015 and, to me was when they went to Seattle and they won there, I think it was week six. He was bad for three quarters. Remember, they turned the yeah. ball over. The defense made some well, that's stops. That's the Big Ben recipe. That's fine. And then all fine. of a sudden in the fourth quarter, he made some plays. So I almost look back at that year, and he was great the last eight games or so, and that's what one of them, the MVP is sure. where they finished that season. But So if you want to, I think, take the whole picture of the 11 games and we go back to the 11 games in 2015, I would think things would probably be close to the same. The offense to me is – Producing at a great level, though, right now, that you got to give to me North Turner a lot of credit for yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I, to me, it, it's also the fact that 
it what has happened is exactly what we what a lot of us in the, in, the, in the Panther community have said for a long time, which is he hasn't had a running back to throw the ball to. Period. And he hasn't had these easy completions to throw. And if he had that guy, his completion percentages and these numbers are going to rise. And guess what? He got a guy, and it's his second year, and now that guy is second in the league in yards after catch with over 600 yards, which I believe Greg Olson led the team last year. No. Yeah, two years. Two years ago. Yeah, okay, right. two years ago. So, yeah, of getting tackled at the one for my <laughs> fantasy team, <laughs> Greg Olson would yeah. definitely two, lead but that. But, no, but two years ago, Greg Olson led this team in yak. And now – so – so Cam's gotten the, the weapons around him. This offense has never had more weapons. No, and, definitely. And, and things are going great. I just, to me, and, and I know it's nitpicky, but I don't want him caring about the numbers. That's, that's, that to me would be the, the, the part where I would get concerned. I, I don't think he cares about the number. I, th- I I don't think he's saying my numbers are the best they've ever been. It's funny, but the numbers he, are the case. It, no, but the numbers are the case, right? No, like, I don't think I don't think that's what he was saying. What he was saying, what he says is. I feel more in control. I just feel in control. There's no question mark. My assuredness on every single play, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. That, that's a lie. Okay. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> that's that's fine. But that I'm just telling that's I what mean, he said. I, I'll just flash but back I'm, to let's flash back to week one. Let's flash back to the uh, pregnant pause before halftime. I keep waiting what I keep kept waiting for after he said that. So I think it was last week before the Seattle game, Ron Rivera gave us the big tease and was like, This is the most important game of the season. And then next week, that game will be the most important game of the season. It's like, oh, come on, Ron. I thought you were going to be like, you were going to really put some emphasis yeah. on this. But instead, it was just coach speak. I thought that's what Cam was going to do. I thought he was going to be like, I'm playing the best football of my career, straight up, because I'm playing it right now. Or whatever he was going to yeah. say, like whatever ridiculous statement was going to come out. But he didn't. He just, that that's, that's what he said. He said the way he's seeing the field and the way he's playing and whatever, whatever. Dude, you won the MVP two years ago. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you, you're you right. Don't I, don't do, don't sell yourself short. And you just lost three games in a row. Wait until you win one and then say you're be- playing well, the best football in your career. And, and this is a guy that is always pretty much taking good care of the ball. I mean, particularly in the passing game. He's never had uh, high interceptions since, you know, th- th- his first season. Well, he doesn't have and, high interceptions right now. Right. No, th- that's my point. And yet you say this after you've just had three games – where you've thrown interceptions in some in some critical spots. I, it's just, I, I I agree with a lot of what he's saying, and I don't I don't, but it, it's not true. I, I, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Collins over here screaming Pinocchio. I, I'm, it's just not. Like, you, you were phenomenal. You were an MVP, and your team. Well, maybe your he team just feels the most comfortable about this offense because yeah. you talked about the weapons that he has right now. Yeah. So I think he knows they go out and play Tampa Bay or you know Seattle this past weekend. I think we can score a lot of points. You mentioned earlier, oh, they got to score 30, 40, 50 points a week, and you kind of do. You know, yeah. you, you got to go out and score probably 35 if you're going to feel comfortable right. that you're going to win, especially against Tampa Bay this weekend. So I think for Cam, he probably feels really good about that. I mean, at least he's not Big Ben saying Antonio Brown run a better route, Juju Smith Schuster, you know, catch the ball, <laughs> do stuff like that, you know, and that will say it has been a different cam that I've seen over mm-hmm. these last really couple years to be honest with you he's been you know when they lose there's nothing different I don't see any tweets from anybody criticizing cam for the post-game press conference or anything like that so I think overall as an offense I think he fears comfortable now the mistakes like Detroit and I don't know where you guys fell I love the two-point conversion I thought they were yeah. fine going for it yeah dude was wide open dude was wide open and he yeah. just missed him he missed you just missed him and then Ron was taking a lot of heat I don't know where you guys fall on that but of not going for it on the fourth and four at the end of the game, yes. I didn't have a problem kicking the field goal. I didn't have a problem kicking the field goal either, but they should have been running the clock the whole no, time. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. To, they were trying to, they were trying to go. They're trying to have cake and eat it, or not have cake and then also eat cake. <laughs> like it was a, like it was weird how they were just like, oh, we're gonna run the ball, and then they were like, oh, but now we're gonna pass it. Oh, but now we're gonna pass it again. It was just, I didn't like the way that they handled those last thirty seconds. Do you think that the Seattle game would have been completely different if they had, if he had picked up that fourth down on fourth and two? Or if they had yes. marked it as he did pick up a fourth yes. down. Yeah, and that's yeah. one where I hated the challenge personally. <laughs> I don't know who's in First charge of challenges. Cha- Ron Rivera. Well, he's, someone's, someone's got to be in the booth, he's though, got the telling flag you. Well, well, someone's well, got to be telling you. Find, like, you the find this guy. Yeah, I said, I'll take over. Look, we, uh, we can, I can ride, watch the TV. We will ride to the, to the stadium together. Look, I, you can have you can have the you can have the company card. I don't care. You can. Ha- I, All right, let's just, go. Yeah. Look. What are you guys listening to on the way there? <laughs> it doesn't even matter. It doesn't. I'm Probably just Dave happy. Matthews Band live yes. concert. I want to ride too. 
I'm just happy to serve. Because you know what? I don't even need to show up until halftime. Because, hey, it's the first half. Is it worth challenging? No. (laughs) Well, if if there was a clear view of the fourth and two, then, yeah, sure, challenge it. But (laughs) there wasn't. And you even went to, I think, a TV timeout and stuff. Like, you had a lot of time to think about it. Then you challenge it where you know there's no replay that's overturning that. The one that still aggravates me the most is Detroit, where guys – Clearly out of bounds on your own sideline. Yes, and you don't have a spotter. You, and, they don't have a spotter. And standing nobody there. said anything. Like all no. of a sudden, it was when they're showing the replay, and you're like, "Wait a minute." Yeah. yeah. And by the way, and, and they didn't run another play until about four that was a third left. down. Oh, that no. was a, in, a, in, a league, in a league where third down stops are at a premium. That was a third down stop, and we don't use a challenge on yeah. that. But ah, first and ten to get, gain twelve yards. Here comes. Let's just here go comes sit the red first flag. row behind the Panther bench, and it's when they should challenge, we'll throw something. <laughs> felt either. to me like when you're on Madden and you're like, I know this is not getting overturned, but I'm challenging because I got that first down. Like I dove <laughs> forward, and then my guy like went sideways instead of going forward. I thought he was going to get across, but I'm pretty sure he did. I'm challenging it. Pause. <laughs> challenge. Ah. I lost. <laughs> I was going to say, as in Madden, you ever gotten a spot overturned? Never. In game? I was going to say, I don't How think that How many spots have get overturned on, in a no, real NFL you, game? You only the, only have... the Browns when they are trying to get a first down <laughs> at the end of the Raiders game. You have to have – uh, you have to have more than a yard for them to be want to be willing to move. You have to you have to have a clear like well, there's no sideline angle, right? No. I mean, well, okay. Well, anyway, but well, sorry. Now, 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 you're okay, the now, now, thing, okay. Because the right, NFL cheats out on on these on these teams. Well, I tried to stop. I'm you. trying to think. <laughs> I'm trying to think what broadcast team we have now. This weekend, trust me, there's no sideline camera uh, right. when you're playing unless, the box. Unless one of the guys with free tickets. Yeah, I was gonna say free tickets. You can get in there down in Tampa. Maybe somebody's on Periscope. Is that still a thing? I don't know. Uh, what I, but the out. thing is, is like the red zone. Do you do you think this red zone thing is a trend, or do you think it's just one game? They they had a bad game. They've been so good in the red zone before the before this game. Everybody, oh, first I read this article that the title was. Uh, I actually did not read it. I angry <laughs> a, anger clicked on it and then went like this. Bah! And then I stopped reading it. But it was literally the Panthers have been terrible in the red zone. What happened? And it's like no, they haven't. They were in this particular game. Like, that's – it's I looked – I saw going in after this week, I think they're still seventh. Yeah, they were touchdown, third. Touchdown they had percentage. scored a touchdown on 74% of the time that they were in the red zone. How are we not drinking? <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm so stressed I gotta out go thinking about it. I got to go coach youth basketball, so I figured that would be a bad well, idea. Well, well, unless unless, unless we're carpooling well, that to that, sense. too. Uh, Get in there, 23. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Start running those drills. You guys are dribbling, man. All weird right now here <laughs> uh, for it. But I, I don't know, man. With with this team, it's it's just frustrating. I, I think when you look at Carolina as a whole, where they're sitting here, uh, six and five, and getting ready for Tampa. But you know, the red zone as we were talking to people, and Al Wallace was one this week. Is you watch this team move down the field, and the college style is kind of how I like to describe. And you watch the Panthers move the ball downfield. Uh, with, with the type of offense that they use right now. And then you get down in the red zone and things bog down. And I know we all love CMC. There's a guy like C.J. Anderson, you know, when he got like a, a yard or two to pick up. I still would have loved to have him on this football team. I don't know why uh, we parted ways with C.J. Anderson. Why have one running back you don't play when you can have three? <laughs> They churn that bottom of the roster, though. Hey, you talk about having guys when there's injuries to pop up right there, Colin. You have a guy like yep. C.J. Anderson uh, ready to go. Um, actually, I, oh, 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 okay. I, I was going to go red zone. Can I go red zone? Yeah, go red, go red zone. zone. Let's go, go red zone. Um, there was a graphic that they showed during the game. Um, I don't know if you, if you guys saw it. But basically, the amount of motion, like pre-snap motion, has tripled. Oh, it's crazy. In the last three years. What does this team do every time they go and get close to the end zone? They bulk up. Get everybody all close together, and then we're going to run it down the throats. Um, they stopped doing a lot of the motion that they do, you know, with Samuel and with Moore. And, and now the problem is, too, we, we had this cam thing with the shoulder thing or the not throwing deep thing, whatever I'm supposed to – I'm trying to be politically correct and label this however I'm supposed to label the argument. So you're not, you can't score from outside necessarily unless you get yards after catch, and then you get inside, and then they, they get bulky. Um when they get those guys the ball, Samuel, Moore, and CMC, they have scored on nine of 12 drives when those three guys have picked up yards for them. Two drives every week, pretty much, since, they, since they've come back. Um, they touch the ball, and they score touchdowns. The reason they do, motion. I think, this is, I think this Panther offense, specifically as composed, they need to keep cranking up the amount of motion that they're using, and I think it'll really – I think that's actually 
uh, go counter to what they normally do in the red zone, and I think it will open back up for them. So what you're saying is it's not the size of the formation, it's the motion of the ocean? <laughs> And the podcast. Is that a CMC argument? Is that's that a CMC it. We gotta argument? Call, we got to close the show. Is this George that's Costanza? It. Yeah, exactly. I'm out of here, you guys. I'm, uh, that's going to uh, that's gonna do it for me. Um, I I think, and pff, call me crazy. I know everyone hates him. I know he's, he had a really bad game in Detroit. I think the not having Devin Funches on the field in the red zone really, really hurt them. I think that nobody respects DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, any of those receivers standing outside by themselves. Because DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, uh, Torrey Smith on one knee, those guys are not winning a jump ball. But you put Devin Funches out there, you got to put somebody out there that's going to guard him. Right. And well, you kind of have to have a safety that, that maybe only, has a moment. I think he can take people over. But now he has three touchdowns. Two of them, I know, are at least deeper throws. So no, no, I'm not like, I'm, I'm saying I not. I get taking over. Well, where's Greg Olson? You know, last couple of weeks. Dropping a pass. Well, you can't I, I hit Greg Olson when every play is handed off to Christian McCaffrey <laughs> up the middle repeatedly when you're in the red zone. But I don't right. think Olsen is the same three. I mean, he scored a touchdown in the red zone. He scored it from the one-yard line. Oh, yeah, and he yeah. Had, he's what Josh talked about, the motion. Right. You know, he had the motion, and Golson kind of just kind of slid out to the side, and there he was wide open. I, 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 re- I really believe. I really week. believe. I, I, li- I love what Norv has done. I, I, and this is a team that uses motion and has used motion successfully. I just want to see it keep amping up. There's no what is what is the reason to not with 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 uh, McCaffrey Moore and Samuel to not have somebody moving just for the sake of I mean these defenses right now are, are super stretched I, I just want to I just want to keep seeing it. <laughs> I, just wanna, I just want to I just, just want to keep seeing it. I just want to I think they're going to my favorite quote from Dirk Cutter this week when we talked to him on the conference call was talked about the misdirection of Carolina and then he was like. Uh, uh, we were ready for the <laughs> – you may not believe it, but we were ready for the misdirection. We just couldn't freaking stop it. And it's just like, yeah, that's what – I mean, when you have that many, that many guys out there that can make plays, they can't stop it. And especially unless unless you're very talented at a linebacker and a safety and a secondary level, you're going to run into trouble. And and who do you want these guys – the defense is not focused on? One. I mean, for, yeah. for years, like that's been the thing. They can all eleven, you know, all eleven sets of eyes on Cam at times. And this this offense, you can't do that. And um, I think I think they'll be fine. I do think the fact that Olsen is now more of a threat from the from the one than the from the fifteen. All I know is I feel right now when you watch Panther game, offensively I feel like we're going to score every time. Defensively, yeah. I feel like we're going to give up points every time. So it goes back to yeah. can you get the 40, 40 well, first to try to win the game? And it felt like it, it felt like they you know they, they had a, a six point lead, <laughs> you know against was it against it was the Detroit game right where they they went for it or no it was yeah but they were oh Seattle I got my games I'm getting confused here yeah but when they they had a three point lead and because they went for it and didn't get it on the spot. And so it was like it was like the old first quarter six point lead, which is the worst possible lead you can. Well, have. you felt bad after the first against Seattle because you controlled that game. You know you should have been up by a lot yeah. more, and you weren't. And just sports doesn't matter what sports you play. If you don't take advantage of those opportunities, you feel like you're going to get burned. And eventually they did, especially yeah, they when did. the other team has a franchise quarterback in the last two minutes. Yeah, I feel like you might be able to make those mistakes against Tampa Bay, but you can't make. Not that they should. Uh, but I'm I like I'm I'm more worried that you need to put up I mean Tampa Bay put up 28 points on them last time they're going to need to put up probably 30 35 40 points yeah. to to beat this Tampa Bay team even if you have Dante Jackson out there. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you guys think we're they're going to face good Jameis? Cuz this is he this played is well a, last week so I yeah. are no. I think well, that's, it's going to be That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> famous Jameis. <laughs> famous Jameis. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that's trying to play for his life, you know, down there. He's been doing that. I I know. But look, this—we've seen this guy. Well, we've all seen I know is if he, the defense doesn't you. get a turnover this week, then just give up. Right. Yeah. Well, I think you—you you said it, and we said it earlier in the show. If they don't get a turnover, if the—if they lose this game in Tampa Bay, you could hit all the panic button. I'll—I'll I'll hear all of your hashtag fire whoever yeah. tweets. But up until then, once when they still have a when they still have a winning record, I'm not ready to fire anybody. But now I'm not but, either. But yeah, but, yeah. but I, st- I still think they're going to make the playoffs. To me be too. Honest with you. Like I, despite all the doom and gloom, I feel like that's still there. Uh, we were doing uh, on the show the other day. It was fill in the blank, and Molly actually said Molly Cotton, who's the biggest threat to the Panthers? The playoffs? She goes the Panthers, and I go, what? You know what? You're probably right. Mm. It, it is the that's Panthers. That's a good answer. Really I put answer. the Vikings. But no, the Panthers actually sat there and go, "Yeah, you're probably right. It is Carolina." Didn't you feel dumb after? I you did said feel that? dumb after that. <laughs> I should have let her go first, then I would have been a lot better. But you know, that's two games in a row they've lost. Where to me, they're the better team. They yeah. just right. shot themselves in the foot. So let's go ahead and go to the game then. Game because time. Because we're doing Cam to K one. So rank 
one to ninety nine, the Panthers playoff chances. Oh, well, if I'm going to steal ESPN, what they have in front of me. Currently, it's 22. I feel it's a lot better than that uh, for the Carolina Panthers of Yikes. making the playoffs. I'm going to go 70. Oh, but you have to give. Is that Trey so, Turner? Yeah, give, there you go. Yeah, yeah. there you Trey go. Trey Turner? So you're giving him there. a full tray? Yes. That's fine. I, I, I agree with you. I I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm higher than that. I think I'm at like a. What? Yeah. I want to be, but you can't lose to Detroit and Seattle back-to-back and have me feeling all rosy about it. Now, schedule-wise, Tampa's not good. You should win this game. Cleveland's probably your second toughest game the rest but of the remember way. Remember when yeah. we played the first meeting, how far ahead we were in that game? Oh, I know. I'm scared. Like, I'm, I'm, uh, how many uh, games – how many times has this happened in the Cam Newton and Ron Rivera right, era right. where we have said to ourselves, the season's over, call it. It happened last freaking season – and everybody right. forgot that they lost to the Bears and to drop to four and three, and then they went seven and two the rest of the way. Right. I get it. There are there are problems with this team, but these are not. This is not an unfixable. There's no possibility that they can get better and go four and one down the stretch. I'm at a full Ian Thomas that they're going to make the playoffs. Colin. Colin's out of migraine. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh. his head just exploded. <laughs> Uh, I I feel like maybe 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 I'm maybe I'm the cam. recency bias um, guy here. Uh, I feel like I've been watching a different team. Perhaps I'm not sure. Uh, I think I am at 45 because I because of the tiebreaker with Seattle. I think that I think that a tiebreaker. Well, Seattle I think's in. Seattle's I think the benefit make the, playoffs. the benefit that helps is the NFC East is going to play each other. So really, that's why I said Minnesota and fill in the blank because Minnesota is the one team that I think can get there. Everybody else, I don't think, scares you. Seattle, I feel, oh, like a lot. I, I feel like a lot. But if Minnesota and Seattle – so, I mean, we're saying the Bears don't make it? No, I think Bears probably win the division. So, Bears but, but, win if the Bears, but if you have Minnesota and Seattle, that's that's it, right? No, I don't think Minnesota – I think Minnesota well, – first of all, Minnesota well, and Seattle play each other. Okay. That's and true. they got to play at least the and Bears one Minnesota more time, plays right? New England. Man, Minnesota plays New England on Sunday. I, I'm going to tell you uh, right who's now. Who's the quarterback that's playing the best in, in, in the league right now? Drew Brees. Okay. Who do the Panthers have? <laughs> Two out of the last three. I'm, well, just, I'm just asking. And the ben- I, know, the benefit, no, we, I know. I know what you're going to say. I've been, I know. Is, but that's fine. Is Taysom Hill playing the best quarterback in the game? Because okay. he's going to be playing week 17. Well, let me just say, if your plan Not is Taysom Hill is going to be playing in week 17, if that's the plan that gets this Panther team to – doesn't you, matter how you get there. Right. Then it, no, it can't be Ian Thomas. You can't You can't be at Ian Thomas and be like, listen, here's well, the plan. I'm not here's the roadmap. The roadmap no. is Taysom Hill. I'm banking on being 3-1 and one going into that game. Dang. So you're 9-5 and five or 9-6, and six, I guess, going into that game. And then I think when you shake out the NFC as a whole right. – at that point in time, I think you're going to be in a good spot. Positive energy. I think they're going to be four and zero going into that Week 17 game. How do you like that? Yeah, I like it. That far. I'm ready for this. This is this is the. I'm this not is worried the way if you're ready. Unless you're playing second cornerback, I'm not worried when if you're you ready. When you go in on if they five, win this when, week, it's going to turn into a 10 day contract. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> when I'm uh, telling you, this is Baker's the week boys when boys are going to come in and when two weeks. Fox oh, doesn't want to talk to Cam or when eight people on the pregame show pick the Bucks because it's a big fun upset. And the Panthers go out, and they look like a completely different team. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen this Sunday, and that's going to propel them forward. And then they're going to have a whole lot of trouble with Baker. I, I like would it. love to be wrong. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, like the evil I love there. the enthusiasm. <laughs> Thank you. I love it, and I, I'm on that oh. train. No, you're not. Well, <laughs> well mine was going to be John Beeson because – Everyone keeps saying, well, Panthers keep control they control their own destiny. We really actually don't because we're gonna need some help along the way too. Like, we have to cheer for New Orleans tonight, correct? Yeah. Like we're gonna need some help last, along the way. Last night. I mean we last had to night cheer for New Orleans. <laughs> last night we had to cheer it was a great for game. New Orleans. Yeah, it was really good. I liked it when <laughs> that NFC team won. <laughs> that <laughs> team won. I can't believe the play that happened at the middle of the second quarter. But what was the ref thinking? It was crazy. <laughs> that challenge? Could Are you, you believe serious? That? Oh, oh, man. How can I you mean, throw a flag at a time like that? <laughs> the way that Drew Brees handles that offense is really very impressive. I just want to ask you guys, does Cam get that call? <laughs> <laughs> See? We're so good at podcasting. The other thing everyone does keep bringing in, well, Drew Brees won't play in that last game. There's probably a good chance he's going to have to because it's going to be them and the Rams fighting for. Well, it depends if they lose. Feet. Not if, if they, they lose in week out. 15 to the Panthers. You're right. I stand corrected. Boom. I just, the thing is, is I really do feel like 
by the end of Sunday, the Panthers will again control their own destiny, and then it'll be like, oh, now the Panthers. And somehow, I, the fact that they don't control their own destiny with five weeks left in the season, everybody's just, ready to just call it off. When it's are you destiny, though, you don't control anyway. It's already <laughs> set for you, so you actually can't control your own destiny, Ron. That's actually better than the, uh, I think you mean, I could not care less. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, where can everyone find you on the uh, interwebs and Twitters and whatnot? Uh, just at Bobby Rosensky on a Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow the show, you can you know do it on TuneIn, uh, whatever, ESPNCharlotte.net, all that stuff, 6 to 10, every uh, Monday through Friday, so bright and early. You don't have to worry about I-77 traffic <laughs> at uh, 445 in the morning. Pretty easy. It's a great plug, by the way. Yeah, you can listen to it on, uh, I don't know, whatever, the internet. <laughs> so, 7.30 the game or 97.5 <laughs> FM. There you go. Colin, where can they find you? At Colin CLT. Josh? Uh, you can find me at Josh Klein Rules. Um, and feel free to tweet at me if you disagree. And uh, I would love to block you. More motion in Norv's Ocean. More motion in Norv's Ocean. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. More loose is your goose. <laughs> My goose is totally loose. You know that song? Were you a cheerleader in How high funky <laughs> is your chicken? How funky is your... That's is that one. from Saved by the Bell or something? I think it is. <laughs> I really do. I'm, I'm so goose. excited. Saved I'm by so the Bell excited. College years, most underrated totally show of all time. I'm so scared. What? Uh, with the, with, with how Bob did this Goldie? come up at the end of the show? <laughs> <laughs> Saved by the Bell of College years. Stick around for the after show on Patreon <laughs> where you can find out about college. <laughs> Saved by the Bell of the College years. College years. Bonus. That's Bonus. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I think I mentally blocked that out of my head that that happened. He's the only part I remember, actually. Anything that show. had Kelly Kapowski keep going, I was worth watching. So, yeah, uh, no, you're, 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 you are not wrong. Oh, Kelly, we love you. This has been One Day Contract, a part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina, by Rizinski. Your One Day Contract is up. Oh, the rest you. of you, see you next time. You survived. <laughs>